0: You have to find a balance between what people want to hear and that what you want to do. If you follow your
1: curiosities, that is your monopoly. Today's topic is for all those people who are thinking about starting content creation, or maybe who are already content creators themselves, mm-hmm. trying to explore it further and/or maintain motivation to keep it going. I wanted to talk to, you, or I wanted to ask you, John, um, since you are relatively new to this game—very new—of <laughs> content creation. Yep. For someone like you who has been working as a doctor for some time now, what was the what was the incentive about why you wanted to start doing this? And just for context, how long have you been doing it?
2: For? I want to say mid January was when I really recorded my first video which I don't think I ever released. So like a couple months. Yeah, a okay. couple months. Okay. I would say the the factor that pushed me over the edge mm-hmm. was you guys voicing that you know you might have (laughs) something to say yeah i remember very specifically because i think at the time i was going through uh like a, a bad breakup and i was doing all these really positive things in my life uh which weren't limited to just that time of my life like i was meditating i was journaling i was doing all these things mike you were like dude you actually do a lot of like positive work for yourself, like self-improvement things. Mm -hmm. How long have you been doing that for? And I thought about it and I realized that I was walking to the library, trying to find self-help books as far back as like first grade. Mm -hmm. And, Uh, and I think you were like, I didn't say those things exactly, but then you're like, dude, well, maybe you have something to say. Maybe you should tell people about the things that you've learned. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I the thought crossed my mind in the past, you know, mm. but I think the things that prevented me from doing so were one ego, you know, the, the, the fear of being made fun of, or mm. fear of looking stupid or looking dumb or feel of fear of imposter syndrome mm-hmm. in medical training where at least for me, I felt like I was imposter syndroming the whole time, but then mm-hmm. I come, you, we all come to realize, or maybe it's just me, same but for, same for us. Yeah. Okay. But I, came to realize eventually in medical training, you realize that, you know, it's a practice of medicine. We Nobody knows everything that's going on. You're Mm -hmm. always just learning. The second thing was that I felt like I just didn't have enough time, you know, as a practicing Mm -hmm. surgeon, I was just like, Mike and Maddie probably spend like 50, 60, 70 hours a week doing this stuff. You know, how could I do that? Um, while also practicing medicine, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think you you guys also told me, you're just like, well, dude, if you have like 20 minutes a day and you're just consistent at it, it should be enough at least to get started and figure out what you want, Mm -hmm. you know? I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. An important thing that you guys told me though was (laughs) don't go go out and buy a $1,000 camera, just use your iPhone. And that was Mm, a game changer because I was like, okay, I can use my iPhone. So that was uh, sort of why I started. Mm -hmm. I think I really needed someone to tell me hey, you have something to say, don't worry about looking dumb because everyone does. And mm-hmm. it's just the most important step is taking that step. And at the end of the day, you know, we're going to just have fun while doing it right. know, and become better in the process.
0: Mm. So I'm just going to be frank here mm-hmm. and say that I, I try to encourage everybody. You know? <laughs> yeah. I go around telling people that yeah, if you have something to say, yeah. like I try to be everyone's cheerleader. Yeah. So I'm not going to take credit for, for like, you know, getting you started on your journey. Although I'm very happy that you did, mm-hmm. but it's more so like, I've told a lot of people this, but not everyone acts on it. Most people don't. Most people don't <laughs> act on it. A lot of people come to us with like questions on how to do it. Like, how did you even get X, like X, Y, Z subs? How did you like make a living out of doing this? And I tell them what to do and none of them take action. Most of them don't take action. Mm. So... The fact that you just did it with just like one conversation with me, <laughs> it means that there was already something in you, mm. I think, and it was just like you realized it with all these other things going on in your life mm-hmm. that it all came together, mm-hmm. and now it just it just felt like the right time to start. You know, everything, all the stars aligned or whatever, and then you just did it. But I think it was more, it's more internal motivation, mm-hmm. and it, I think it has to be
1: internal motivation to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree that it's it has to be mostly internal. Um, And I think what you said about, maybe not, it probably isn't specifically related, but I think it actually might be specifically related, Mm -hmm. is when you said you're going through a tough breakup. Mm -hmm. I think that itself was probably played a factor in you starting to do this. Yeah. Um, Because kind of like what Mike said, like, I encourage everybody to make content too. I tell everyone that they should create or they should at least make videos or do something, Mm -hmm. work on some project that is completely yours Mm. uh, and see where it goes most people don't take action. Mm-hmm. Really, that's just like the truth of it. Um, and the, the analogy I like to use it, f- um, or I don't know if it's an analogy, but the way I like to think about it is like, starting starting content creation or starting any kind of project, it will speak to you at different stages in your life. Like, I, I think kind of like reading books. Like yeah. sometimes, like if, if I read if I read one of these like self-improvement books seven or eight years ago, mm-hmm. it would not have changed my life at all. Nothing would have happened. If I read one now, it I, I put so much intention and thought into it that it will change my life yeah and it's all just, it's all headspace like some maybe those people who we just keep telling to do content creation and they don't take action they haven't gone through some kind of change or something that hasn't happened in their life to the point where they want to do it mm-hmm. yeah and so all we can do is just continue being their cheerleader yep. you know just keep encouraging everyone to to speak up to make stuff and eventually they'll be like where you were at a point where they've yeah. reached that self-discovery moment of oh I can do this, and I will take that next step. Yeah, I love what you said there. For some reason in my
0: head, I thought of like a prisoner who like got locked away for many years, mm-hmm. and they just have so much time to themselves, they like discovered Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. they discovered religion. Right. And they were never faithful or religious ever in their lives. You know? mm-hmm. It's just something like, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Like to me, I feel like content creation and self-improvement, those two things, it's like a religion that when you go through something bad, You discover it Mm -hmm. and then it like takes you on a a journey Mm. where you learn more about yourself. And I think that um I think that everyone should be creating content. But I want to clarify that I don't think everyone should become a professional content creator. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's for everybody, but I think everyone should create content of some sort. Like just like for if at most a personal project or a hobby. Like it doesn't have to be YouTube videos like us. Yeah. It could be anything. You can write, you could Take photos. You could do anything. Mm-hmm. Create something,
1: right? Yeah, having a personal project, exactly.
0: But like for someone who's like a teenager watching us and thinking, "Oh, I want to grow up and be a YouTuber, and I want to make that my full time living," that that I don't really recommend. That's mm-hmm. that's too hard to do. You need to have some. If you want to do that, you definitely need to have some sort of like uh, some sort. You have to have done something. You know, you have to have some sort of unfair advantage. Mm-hmm. That sets you apart from someone else. Or you have to have like some sort of wisdom or some sort of knowledge about some some particular thing before you can take that leap. Mm-hmm. Because I think content creation will amplify whatever you, whoever you are. Mm-hmm. So if you're a person who has nothing, you have no life story, you have no, uh, there's nothing interesting about it. It's going to amplify zero, mm-hmm. right? Zero times zero is going to be zero. But when you have something, like when you're a doctor like yourself, you've been working, you've seen patients, you've seen stories. Then that's why I encourage you, like, if you have something to say, say it because you've been through stuff. Yeah. And people can learn from it. It's like a classroom setting where when a student has a question to ask, maybe a lot of other students have that same question. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah.
0: So, like, I think the, like, content creation in general is, like, the entire world is just everyone's a student of life. And everyone just, like, when you have a question, just know that someone out there is probably going to have the same question as you. Mm. So, if you're sharing it, then it's just a matter of time. Before the internet brings you together and all those people who have the same
1: question as you, they all align. That's how you form like your little, your little tribe. Yeah. You know? Here's kind of a funny question to ask, since you've just started recently. Do you have haters yet? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, uh, no. There's. Do you haven't got any like mean comments yet?
2: No. Okay. I have not. <laughs> I certainly think that people like see me post like on my own personal social media mm-hmm. and and think that. I feel as though they're like, okay, well, whatever he's doing this, like, he's probably gonna fail. But part of that is also self-inflicted, right? Like, it's mm. the, it's this whole unnecessary worry, um, and it's partly the spotlight effect, which uh, you you guys know about. Mm-hmm. So the spotlight effect is essentially the idea that people are paying attention to you, either both in a either in a positive or a negative light. Much more so than you think that they are, mm-hmm. or much less so than you think that they are. Mm-hmm. So essentially, uh, they did these. These researchers conducted a series of studies, um, and essentially, they asked they asked students to wear a van- a bright yellow shirt with Vanilla Ice's face on it or Barry Manilow, one or the other, mm-hmm. and walk into a small. Uh, walk into a room and sit in a, on a, in a small table like this, um, and then they asked them to leave. And they asked, they pulled the students. Did you notice this student with this weird shirt? And then they pulled po- the student with the weird shirt and was like, "Did you think that people noticed?" And at the like, the results of the study was that people didn't really notice. Mm-hmm. Um, they overest, the people wearing the shirts overestimated that people noticed them by more than two times. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it was like. For me, sometimes I have these thoughts, like there are these haters, which probably will be true, (laughs) but... It's always like
1: amplified more right. than what it actually is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to say that your content's <laughs> bad or anything. Understand? <laughs> yeah. Like, regardless of whether you make good, bad, as much or little content, you're gonna have haters eventually. Mm. That's all. It's just yeah, When, yeah, when you it. have haters, that means you're a true content creator, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Actually, getting haters is is a uh, is a good thing. It means you made it. <laughs> it's a good
2: thing. All right. Here's to getting oh. some haters.
1: Yeah. No, it's like, I want to I want to touch on some points you just said, but like very quickly. Like, there's a there's a trajectory of. Content creation, like you start off um, getting no one responding to your stuff,
2: mm. and then
1: you get some a few like family and friends who are like mo- cheering you on, being your cheerleader, yeah. And then you start to get haters, mm. and if you can get past the hater hurdle, okay, then you'll then you're then you're good pretty much for consistency. And then once you get past that enough, you're gonna start getting copycats, mm. and once you start getting copycats, you know you really have done something. Because, like, as you've probably heard the statement, imitation is the the sincerest form of flattery. Yeah. So once you start having people copying, like, a style or something that you do, Mm. then you know that whatever you're doing is actually working. Mm. So that's, like, a kind of a weird progression that you will face as a content creator the more you you do it. Um, The one thing that I wanted to come back to about uh, the whole fear of failure, um, it it really is just a fear of failure, huh? Or, like, fear of being seen in a negative light. Yeah. That's, like, the whole, that's the spotlight effect. Yeah. And it it's it's interesting because you're noticing it now again in the content creation but i feel like we face that almost for everything that we do mm. i face that so much in medical school oh yeah and this is probably like the first time mm-hmm. for me like when i finally got around to realizing that no one really cares about you they're all yeah. occupied with themselves exactly no like i remember yeah. the exact moment exactly. i was like i was on my very first rotation on ob mm-hmm. and i had never like given like a report or like a presentation to like, again attending before. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, like when you're in rotations, at least in my school, like there was like four students who follow the attendings around and stuff like that. right? And you all take turns like giving your presentation. And before your presentation, you're just freaking out in your head about like, oh, am I gonna say this right? Am I gonna say this right? It that. happens, you do it, you mess up maybe, and right. then you just move on. Yeah. And all I can think about is, oh my God, I suck so much. I suck so much, like this sucks, this is terrible. Like I'm in my own head. But then you look at all the other students and they're all doing the exact same thing. They're all just like in their head. None of them even heard what I said. Yeah. Like exactly. You know? Like yeah. no one even exactly. knew no one <laughs> even knew what I, what I said. And I was like, oh, they're too busy wait a worrying minute. about if you're <laughs> judging them, which you're not. Exactly. Yeah, I was cool. like, oh, wait a minute. Like nothing matters. <laughs> yeah. Like all that worry and that anxiety of you like looking bad, that is the thing that holds you back more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Because once you just let go of like the fear of looking bad, then you can just start saying, okay, I'm here to learn now. And you'll be happy to make mistakes. You'll be happy to, because then you get feedback. Yeah. Then you can get better. And that like little mindset shift, like I think really allowed me to excel in medical school mm. because I just stopped caring. Yeah. I stopped caring about like messing up or stopped caring if I said something wrong or did something wrong yeah. because I knew that I would get feedback from it and they would correct me. And I always had a good spirit. Like if you don't have a good spirit about it, yeah. mm. then you're just obviously like no one's going to want to work with you. But yeah. just like getting over that whole hurdle of like no one really cares yeah. you know, yeah. about your problems as much as you think because they all have their own problems to worry yeah. about, you know? That's so funny. I had the exact same experience. Yeah, I like I got put on the spot with a with a question, mm-hmm.
0: and I had no idea what the answer was. And I thought I looked so stupid. Mm-hmm. And then when I went home, and I asked my my friend who was also on rotation with me. Yeah, like, man, I, f- I look so stupid today, man. Like how like how was that possible? And he was like, dude, I don't even remember. Like <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. I was too busy looking
1: through my own notes to right. make sure
0: that I would get my question right. I do not right. paying attention to you. <laughs> yeah. And that's, we're all just in our heads. It's us against ourselves, basically.
1: Always. Yeah. And it's something that I face as, as a medical student. It's something you're probably going to face right now as as a content creator. Like, you're posting yourself on social media, mm-hmm. and you're thinking that everyone's judging you for it. But the reality is, they're probably swiping. They'll see your face for, like, two seconds. They're like, oh, cool, it's Sean. Or, oh, my God, it's John. And then <laughs> they'll swipe, and then they've forgotten about you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that's, so it's just like... As much like as you think like someone's analyzing all your stuff mm-hmm. the only person who's doing that is you right. <laughs> you know so it's, helpful yeah. it's, it's a paradox actually so yeah. when you're starting you're like oh my god i don't want anyone to watch
0: this it's so embarrassing <laughs> but then once you get in the groove yeah you're trying to get people to watch it right you're trying to get people to not swipe past you it's like mm-hmm. oh, man why are people not watching this mm-hmm. you know that's like the paradox you you travel to yeah but once you get to that headspace of like how do i hook the viewer mm-hmm. how do i keep them engaged how do I keep them interested that's where like the,
2: the fun really begins i think yeah. so just i think i'm starting to like start to get into that territory because like um like after this i'm going to film all those shorts you know that i had sent you guys beforehand mm-hmm. and i'm just like really excited to do so now you know mm-hmm. i'm excited because i'm excited to share this information with people but i'm also excited because like I'm working on lighting now. I'm working on editing. Mm. I'm working on captions. I'm working on 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 my script, on the hook. Mm-hmm. I'm learning things like it's just it's a really fun process and right. it's fun. I think you said it uh, Mike at one point you're like each video gets 1% better and I'm just mm. really just trying to figure it out like okay, how am I going to make this one better than that one right. in this way or that way, you know? Mm. And I don't know, it's at the end of the day you guys also told me this which was at the end of the day, we're just going to talk about cool shit and get better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, it really is that because right. in doing so, I am reading more. I am learning a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And it, I guess just like surgery, I, I, I like surgery because I make things with my hands. I like seeing my work in physical form. And mm-hmm. it's really nice to see that, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah. Mm. You're basically describing flow, you know. Mm. When you're in that flow state, yeah. your brain is just releasing these like positive neurochemicals, endorphins, or whatever, or and you're you're feeling good about what you're doing. Mm. Um the other thing that I realized is that when you're distracted your mind just goes into these like negative headspaces, Like, especially if you're distracted on social media, mm. you're just like constantly comparing or, or thinking about like, oh, these are the things I don't have in life. Right. Or these are things I wish I could be. But if you're like intentionally focused on something and you're like, you know, on your purpose, I guess, mm-hmm. if you're like doing something meaningful to you, mm-hmm. then you're not distracted anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you're just, you're just happier yeah. a lot of time. So like being focused, like being in flow, doing things that you care about, it just like it's just so good for your mental health. I think mm. That's one of the things that I have come to love about content creation and mm. self improvement in general.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally agree. But I think one of the things you said too is which is also like a good something good to realization to come to is it's the most important thing about doing this at all is you have to enjoy the process. Mm. And I think like what you're saying about having that hunger to get one percent better, to learn about this, learn about that, like is if if you don't enjoy the process of doing that, then content creation is not for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But that's the same as anything. Right. You know, like I think a lot of people fixate on like goals too much. Like they want to be this thing. They want to have this big channel or they want to be this surgeon or something like that. Mm -hmm. But they don't really enjoy the day to day process of doing that stuff. Right. Yeah. You're not going to be able to keep it up if you Mm -hmm. don't really actually if you don't actually enjoy writing the scripts like you're doing Mm -hmm. or making these new hooks or editing the videos. If you don't enjoy all that stuff, then this is going to be a very difficult journey to continue. Mm -hmm. That's a good
0: point. I remember when I was starting medical school, I thought that I was going to be a surgeon. Like I wanted to be a surgeon. You know, it sounded so cool. Mm -hmm. Like if I just go out there and say, oh, I'm a surgeon, like everyone's going to think I'm awesome, right? But (laughs) when I went to the OR and started doing my rotations and I was interacting with other med students who really wanted to be surgeons, Mm -hmm. I was completely opposite of them. Yeah, It's like I could not... Like they were nerding out about like stitching or like nerding out about like getting the perfect cut Mm. or like, like they're nerding out about all these like tiny little surgical techniques Mm. and OR and like, oh, anatomy. And like, you know, like this bone is this bone and this, this blood vessel is this blood vessel. And I did not, (laughs) my interest in it was not there, you know, Mm. like I did not actually enjoy the, the tedious process Mm. of what it takes to become a surgeon. I just like, liked the idea of it. So that is the reason why I could not. I would not ever succeed as a surgeon if I, even if I wanted to be. I don't think I would succeed because I, I didn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm sure you, you're trying to get one percent better with your your video, sure. But you're probably also trying to get one percent better with every operation
2: you do, right? Because you actually love that stuff. Yeah. So I record all my cases Mm -hmm. and I watch all my cases and I think about. I I think about how could I have made this better? How could I avoided this? How It tried to anticipate things, you know. Um, But interestingly, uh, I was kind of like you also, like with regards to my my relationship with other people who wanted to go into general surgery, neurosurgery Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Mm. I hated all that stuff also. It was something about ophthalmology specifically that Mm -hmm. drew me but you but,
0: record your your operations
2: yeah I re- when i can sometimes there's no recording capabilities wow. but i i watch them after
0: like replays and then...
2: yeah sometimes like slow mo and i'm like Dang, where wow. did this happen how could this mm-hmm. how could i improve on this mm. yeah it's
0: i don't i feel like that's not even common for for surgeons to do i've never heard a surgeon
2: say that i think it, it's yeah. relatively common I mean, in optimal surgeons yeah. so i don't yeah. know but yeah
0: that's awesome that's like you, that's the point where you actually really care about your craft.
2: Mm. But I, but so I love surgery. Like I, okay. I love clinic also, but like I love surgery, but I'm finding and Oh, and by the way, on flow, like if it's an OR day, I will like not eat. It'll be the whole day and it'll go by like that, you know, like mm. true flow. And I'm finding a, you know, a lot of those aspects I'm finding also in, recording and editing mm. and, 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 geeking out on the technical aspects of things, technical aspects that I like, we probably see, but probably the person swiping doesn't see. Mm-hmm. So I'm like focused on all these details, mm-hmm. you know, the flow thing is like, there's so few things
0: in my life that I've actually felt like I achieved it. Mm-hmm. Like music is one thing, like losing complete sense of time or like, uh, editing videos. That's another thing. That when I realized that, oh, I can reach flow by, by editing YouTube videos, mm. that like, that blew my mind because I only felt that with music before. And I guess mm. studying sometimes, I don't know. <laughs> Do I don't you, know you feel guys... that with exercising at all? Oh, yeah, exercising too, oh, yeah, okay. I could, yeah. Yeah, like, like running. Oh, so that's probably first the first high. one that comes to my mind. Like, yeah, I think mm. music was my first one, exercising. But I was surprised about the YouTube video thing. Mm. Um, but then again, when I was a kid, I edited a lot of videos and I was, actually, I'm not surprised. <laughs> and then, and then video, games. <laughs> and video, video games. Video games is
1: probably the easiest one. Video games, <laughs> yeah. You bring up a good point about perfectionism and mm-hmm. like obsessing over something. And I think there's, it's a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who obviously is like the op, the one extreme side of doing it well is Mr. Beast. Like he obsesses over every single, like he's, in, in interviews he said that he obsesses over every single second of every single part of every video he does, mm-hmm. mainly because he's, he dumps like hundreds of millions of dollars into his videos too. So mm-hmm. it better look good and it better be like exactly what he envisioned. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's a complete failure to him. Um, but to us, or to me, like I think I started off feeling that way where there was like a lot of pressure to to make a good video. Like if I thought this is going to be a banger video and then it doesn't perform, then you just feel really bad about yourself. Yeah. But then there's also other videos you make that you're not super stoked about that do really well. Mm-hmm. So... Something, some A mentality that I had to adopt kind of early on was to really just to actually just detach completely from the outcome of the video. Mm-hmm. All you can really focus on is how much fun you had in making it, mm-hmm. and then the rest of it is out of your control, mm-hmm. really. You can optimize things. Sure, you can optimize the thumbnail. You can optimize the title. Mm-hmm. You can optimize the metadata to a certain extent. I don't think it really matters that much. Um, but... Really, at the end of the day, like, if you've done your job of making it as good as you can, then the rest of it is out of your control. And there's no reason to just obsess and try to make it like mm. and try like, obsess over it after, yeah. after it's done. Yeah. Because there's always the next video you're going to make. You're just going to make another one. Yeah. Mm. You know?
0: Yeah. You got to... Fun is just so underrated. So, like, when you ask someone, like, how, do you, how are you so productive? You know? Most people are going to say, I'm good at managing my time. I'm good at managing my energy. And I'm good at focusing. I'm good at managing my uh, it, attention. Mm-hmm. But then most people leave out the part um, about fun. Mm-hmm. It's like, it doesn't matter if you're good at managing those three things. Like, if you're not having fun, then you're not gonna do
1: it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. You're not gonna do it sustainably. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. No, fun is so important. I think um, there's, a, I don't know if you guys, do you guys know who Alex Lowe is? He was like notorious in the rock climbing community for just having like infectious positivity mm-hmm. about everything. And he had a great quote that I remembered always, he said in an interview, he says, the best rock climbers are the ones just having the most fun. Mm. And that's just true for uh, any craft that you do. If you're out there just having fun, then you're going to do the best job and you're going to get better at it Mm -hmm. because you'll have none of that anxiety that we talked about or that fear holding you back from giving it your all Mm -hmm. and enjoying it. So if you just focus really just on having fun in literally anything that you do, not just content creation, in surgery, in relationships, in working out, if you can just focus on having fun, then you're not focused on the anxiety about not having fun yeah. because that's what's going <laughs> to ruin your potential.
0: Yeah. That reminds me of the Naval quote. You know what I'm going you know to say about play?
1: Yeah. Mm. It's, it. It. Uh,
0: it was like people ask him, people ask Naval, like, what should I do with my life? And he usually says, um, do what feels like play to you, but seems like work to other people if you can find that sweet spot then you're you're going to succeed
2: we forget i mean I was we forget to play as adults right i mean i guess we could find find that feeling of play through craft like Naval and you were talking about
1: mm-hmm.
2: but i just think about this like you know as kids go rollerblading mm-hmm. run around in the park play video games mm-hmm. and somewhere along the line we kind of lose that right we get Mm -hmm. caught up in in work and getting stuff done somewhere along the line we just i feel like for me i just sort of forgot to have fun Mm -hmm. you know uh and i don't think it's specific to medical training i see it everywhere you know back in the day we would Hang out with the boys, play some Nintendo 64, run Mm -hmm. around the park, Mm -hmm. aggressive inline skate, maybe, but, uh, (laughs) aggressive, uh, grind some rails. Yeah. Um, but somewhere we, we lose that or I lost that, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm starting to find some of it in content creation now. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's important to find that play and that fun in your craft, Mm -hmm. but I think it's important to remember to have fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that word. I just, I just love the word play. Mm. It's so good yeah. for what life should be like for everything. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. Maybe
1: it's going through medicine, you know? Beyond's coffee shop. coffee shop. <laughs> Maybe it's going through medicine where we're just like, everything's so serious all the time, you mm-hmm. know? Maybe it was my experience. But I feel like everyone was not very playful. Yeah. Maybe it's just my experience with it. Like all the, everyone I work with is so professional, so nice. Yeah. But no one was like, Wanted to play, you know?
0: (laughs) It's just not a word you use when you're, like, dealing with people's lives. I know. (laughs) I
1: know. It's true.
2: I went on a date, and the girl was like, I was so worried about, like, what you would actually be like, if you'd actually have a sense of humor, because I was intimidated that you're a doctor and this and that. Mm. But she was, like, she was so relieved that Actually, had a sense of humor. I mean, we're still people. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, There's society a... <laughs> expects us to act in a certain way all the time, but we're still human, mm-hmm. right?
1: I guess that's, that that is the doctor thing, huh? Because everyone expects their doctor to be professional and like care about them, and yeah, a, yeah, a certain yeah. way. But yeah, we are people. I found that one thing
0: that intimidates people is just using big words. <laughs> mm. So, like over time, I tried to use simpler language, and it's I don't know, it's it's worked. Yeah. And it's also really helpful to do when you're like trying to connect with people.
2: Yeah. In
0: videos, yeah. Especially in our videos. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: Or in a in a patient interaction or
2: whatever. Yeah. In in relationships. <laughs> yeah. I have all of these interests. You know, like I have I'm interested in nutrition and fitness, self um, mental health, ophthalmology. Um And I find myself coming up with all these ideas to create content in all of these categories. Will doing so is doing so a bad thing? Like will it will do will if I do that, will the YouTube algorithm sort of um, kind of pigeonhole me into a certain streamline or path? Or should I do all of these things and just see where that takes me? There's like so many ways to answer this depending on where you are in the journey to. Mm. So the first
0: thing I'll say is like, from a broad perspective, I'm going to quote Naval again here, but he said that the internet makes it possible for 7 billion monopolies. What he means is that if you, like, if you think of who is like, I don't know, the most popular doctor on YouTube, right? You'd probably say Dr. Mike. He's yeah. like very big. Right. Yeah. So you would think that he has a monopoly on, on, uh, medicine on YouTube, mm. Right but that's not, that's not really the case. Like he has a monopoly on exactly what he does, but there can be hundreds of thousands of other doctors who have their own monopoly. Mm -hmm. Like what is your monopoly? You are specifically an eye doctor who enjoys nutrition and fitness and uh, mental health and self-improvement. Like Dr. Mike doesn't do all those things, Mm -hmm. right? So like, there is room for everyone to be themselves basically. Mm. And and you, if you follow like what you're interested in, follow your curiosities, that is your monopoly. But that is like a very big overview. Like when you're starting off, you are kind of, you have to kind of find a balance between what people wanna hear and then what you wanna do. Mm. But you gotta stay, you gotta keep the fun in it, right? Right. Because mm. if you just keep it fun, then you then you keep going. Mm-hmm. And then as you keep going, People are going to notice what you're. People can people can see when you're having fun. Mm. You know, like they can detect that. Yeah. So then, when you do the topics that you really enjoy, people can people can see right through it. Mm. Like we've made a lot of content about studying, and we've made a lot of content about self improvement. But last or this month, yeah, this month we just ran threw through a video out there about like Valentine's and finding love. And I had a lot of fun making that video. So basically if you're just starting out, your videos are not going to be that great unless you're like starting as a professional filmmaker or something. Right. Like, but for you and I, like someone who is who has never done this before, your videos are going to be v- terrible and no one's going to watch them. So you might as well get them out of the way with. Yeah. So make it, make your videos on every topic. Okay. And then as you go and as you get better with every single video that you make, um, people are going to notice the ones that you're really good at. Mm. Like the ones that you're actually passionate about and the, the topics that you just love doing is going to really show to the viewer gotcha. and they can see right through it. So that's the same. This is the advice that Mr. Beast gives. This is advice that Ali Abdaal gives. It's like you just get all the terrible videos out of the way because no one's watching. Mm. But then as you get better, people start to watch. So then as you get better, you can start to you start to pick the the topics that you're really good at. Your uniqueness is like the combination of your interests. Mm. So, um, you are an ophthalmologist who likes nutrition and fitness and mental health and self-improvement and all these things, right? Right. It's going to be hard to find someone else who who likes the exact same things as you. Mm. So people follow you, not just because of the topic, but the, the lens in which you see the topic. Mm. It's like when you talk about, for example, when you talk about fitness, right? You're going to talk about that topic from the perspective of a doctor you're going to be very you're probably going to be very analytical and you you might be evidence based mm-hmm. you might bring up stories from your training yeah and relate that to fitness and another person talking about fitness who doesn't have the same background as you mm-hmm. is going to not say those things mm. so people are going to click with the way that you see things that makes sense yeah. yeah yeah that makes sense i think a lot of students click with the way that we looked at studying mm. we approached it from very uh, evidence-based, very systematic
2: approach. Um, and the students click with that. That helps with that. Cause I have like, I have all these ideas for each of those topics. I'm like, Oh, should I make all of these or not? You know, but, uh, mm-hmm. but I will. Yeah. You would suggest sticking with short form content for now. Like what is the advantage of doing shorts rather making shorts rather than longs at this point?
0: There's multiple advantages, I think. Short form right now is just getting so much more uh, visibility. Mm. Like the algorithm on TikTok is new. The short form algorithm on YouTube, I'm not sure if it's different from the, the long forms, but I think it is. Mm. But in general, like short form is getting pushed more. Gotcha. So it's easier to test your ideas. I don't think you should restrict yourself to just one form though. You should make both. Mm. Because short form, the audience, the people who watch short form, they're like very... They they, they they breeze through all the content quickly. Yeah. Whereas like if you have a long form content, they're like intentionally choosing to sit there for eight minutes or 10 minutes and just hang out with you for 10 minutes. Yeah. That builds up a lot of trust and mm. a lot of like, uh, what is that like parasocial relationship, you know? So you should do both. Mm. But I would not recommend you like test ideas with long form content. Like, don't sit there and make like an hour long video, half an hour <laughs> video on one topic. Yeah. Just to, while you're starting off. Yeah. Because you're only going to get like less than 100 views probably. Yeah. Like, if you're an average channel. Right. So, do the short
1: form first. If it does well, then you can turn that into a long form.
0: Cool. That's what I would do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool, cool. I think that's same. Yeah. Same advice, really. That short form, if you're talking about like the 1% better idea, too, mm-hmm. short form are a lot faster to make. A lot shorter to make. Yeah. So you can start testing and trying to get those 1% better quicker. Mm. Then like if you spend a week editing a long form video that you didn't like the color grading, you're gonna have to spend another week before you do it again. Whereas for shorts, you can just do it tomorrow, <laughs> yeah. you know, or do it the next day. So it, it is good to make both kinds of content. Um, because in also with what Mike said about how the audience is kind of shifting through. Mm-hmm. The audience for both of them are also different. People who watch mm-hmm. shorts content are probably not the same kinds of people who are going to watch long-form content. Mm. So you're also reaching a different audience overall. Mm. But the benefit That's of that nice. is that there are people who watch shorts content who will become your long mm. followers. So a lot of times what people do on the shorts channels is they have, they'll scroll through shorts and if your short is good enough to make them stop and watch it, mm-hmm. they might click on your channel name mm-hmm. and then they might see like what long-form videos you have. And then watch them from there. So it's like another marketing channel to get eyes on your channel, like to get eyes on your long form videos because YouTube SEO is, to be 100% honest, not that great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's so much content being posted nowadays that unless you have like pretty good SEO training on like how to word your titles and stuff, Wait, and how to make really, really good thumbnails. What is SEO? Oh, search engine optimization. Uh, sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. So unless you know how to like, do like very good titling for your videos, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be hard to like for your video to pop up at the top of the list Makes if sense. someone searches, how do I do this? right? Or, you know, or for whatever your video topics are, if you don't have good SEO, which mm-hmm. is search engine optimization, your videos are not going to be discovered in any other way. So Shorts is another good channel to to get eyes on your content. Yeah. You mentioned that the audience for
0: short form and long form are different. It's so different. I don't know yeah. if you notice this, but like the comments that we get on YouTube is so different from the comments that you get on TikTok. Yeah, the TikTok is just yeah, okay, it's probably an age generational thing too. But the TikTok oh. are just savages. Really? There's so much hate on TikTok, but on YouTube, I don't think there's that much hate.
1: Yeah,
0: like people are warning us like, oh, you're gonna get haters. Like on YouTube, there's people that are so friendly. Mm-hmm. I think it's the the nature of the content we make too. Yeah, like oh, here's how you get better grades. Like no, people aren't gonna hate on you. Mm. But TikTok is just a different audience.
1: Wow. Yeah, I don't know if they're a, maybe I don't know if they're like as like yeah, it's a more savage. I think TikTok is just more, more of a savage. It's just more of a trolling yeah platform. It's though. a trolling platform. I like agree. people people just meme everything on TikTok mm-hmm. because so. the content is just coming so fast. Mm.
0: I think that's part of it. It's like they're just trying to find ways to stand out and be relevant. So everyone's just making loud noises so fast. Mm. Whereas YouTube, it's more you get a chance to sit down and enjoy some content Mm. enjoy other people's work whereas on tiktok you know you're just trying to make noises Mm. our our youtube coach was telling us about that event that they went to where um youtubers and tiktokers were allowed to invite their audience Mm. to come and listen to them speak Mm -hmm. and so like each tiktoker and each youtuber had like their own auditorium Mm. where they could speak to their audience all the youtube audiences were all the youtube auditoriums were packed like they mm. were filled with people um and then all the tiktokers their auditoriums were just like empty i mean i'm sure Crazy. they are exaggeration exa- yeah i'm sure they're exaggerate i'm sure they were exaggerating but there was something to notice it's like the tiktok audience is not as loyal as the youtube audience
2: mm.
0: i think it just comes back to you get to spend more time in long-form content hanging mm. out with the youtubers so mm-hmm. that's probably why youtube One of the reasons why YouTube monetizes, you you can make money easier on YouTube, too, Mm. than on TikTok. Mm. Even though, like, you can grow so fast on TikTok. Mm. Like, the the ongoing debate right now is, like, would you rather have, what is it, 100K YouTube followers? Would you rather have 100,000 YouTube subscribers or would you rather have 10 million
1: TikTok subscribers? (laughs) And a lot of people pick YouTube. The convention that you're mentioning, that was uh, more than a year ago. At this point, mm-hmm. so I'm curious to see yeah. or know like how that's changed. It might be different, yeah.
2: Or was there at the convention? Were there any? Were there any thoughts on like Instagram followers? No, I don't think that was part of it. Yeah, I feel like Instagram
1: still now it's getting more popular with Reels and stuff. Mm. But I still I don't think like when you think of like a video creator, Instagram still doesn't come like first of mind to a lot of people. Yeah, YouTube is still like the main one, and then TikTok I guess would be the, with the next one. But Instagram is still like more for. I feel like video or like photos, huh? Mm. That's the only platform where there's like, it's it just could, photos. It's, yeah, it's, there's getting, a lot of photo yeah, yeah. Um, involved with it and selling, right? Instagram is really big for businesses. They sell like clothing or.
2: I think so. Cause you could like link directly to, right. yeah, to stores. Yeah. So
1: maybe that's that's a different different market also for, for marketing. But I guess, I mean, personally, like if you're starting off on any platform, just like focus on one.
2: Mm, okay. That's, that's kind nice. of what we
1: what we've been told and what's worked for us nice and there will be a slow bleed into all the other ones if you do but Mm. i think focusing on one you're just going to get more return just because you're like again you're not like your focus isn't spread everywhere and you're just able to create quality stuff for one place Mm. youtube is where we did it but you could choose your pick your poison
2: this is just something i think is would be helpful that you guys told me to do which is simplify your simplify your things and concentrate on storytelling Mm -hmm. and personal anecdotes and stuff i think that that really resonated with me um and i think also like i remember my first video which was the low heart rate training mafetone training video i think Mm -hmm. my uncle sent me a comment he was like i don't really understand all these things Mm -hmm. and i think at that point that really like it clicked for me i was like Mm -hmm. oh yeah michael and matt mike and maddie told me that i should really like try to simplify things as much as possible and concentrate on storytelling Mm -hmm. and how it pertains to you and how it would pertain to your viewer yeah yeah definitely the the
0: storytelling like humans Mm. connect on storytelling that's one thing but to think it to think about it more deeply it's like the storytelling gives people insight into who you are Mm. because you have specific stories about your background and where you came from Right. So like you talking about Mapitone training is going to be different from anyone else talking about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And it's like people, if they really want to know what it is, they can just Google it or right. chat GBT or whatever. Another reason why storytelling is good is because it gives people a reason to listen to you. Like if you've done something or like, yeah, that's, that's, like, the, that's like the first thing that people ask when they watch you, mm-hmm. watch anything. is like, why should I listen to you? Like, why do you matter? Right. Like I could, I could watch any other one, anyone else talk about this, right But if you can like but if you can get that across in a story form, then that's the fastest way mm-hmm. to, to show them that that uh, you have something to say, and they should listen to you specifically. And then that simple language part is huge, <laughs> because the reading level or the comprehension level of adults is elementary school. Mm. It's like fifth, sixth, seventh grade. So if you if you're too complicated, you're too complex, you're gonna go over people's head, they're gonna they're gonna click off.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. So. I mean unless you're talking to high level professionals. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. Like unless your channel is geared towards ophthalmologists that's true, yeah. that's true. Then you can talk about anisocoria and <laughs> <laughs> you want <to> talk about <laughs> there Use are it there is
2: this one uh, YouTube channel called Cataract Coach. And mm-hmm. it's like all ophthalmology residents in training yeah and like follow it because it's like teaching you how to do cataract surgery better you know uh-huh. all the secrets to like the, the different steps and um and i'm just thinking about the language there and it, it really is like no one else would yeah would like no one is to gonna understand and... <laughs> that except for
1: <laughs> your niche uh group of, of people right but yeah, I think if you're trying to appeal to a broader audience, I mean, there there is a balance between like specificity in, in, in your people you're trying to talk to. Mm. Obviously, if you can identify like the exact prototype person yeah. that you would like to connect with, it's going to be better. But in general, simplification is like even like I think Richard Feynman, one of the great teachers who we always look up to in, in a lot of our videos, he said himself that if you can't explain something simply, you don't really understand it. Yeah, That's, yeah. All, that's Einstein. Yeah. Feynman had a different quote that I can't Generally remember. Apparently Einstein, yeah. Yeah. I forget if I had another quote that I would like to, but basically the idea basically is that if you, if you can't explain it in a way that anyone can understand, right. Then you probably don't really get it get well it. enough to even think about explaining it into a high level person.
2: Right. Right. So
1: regardless of who, who you're teaching, they would benefit from a simple explanation, you know, yeah, they're easier to digest in, in every form and it actually shows a higher level of mastery yourself. Right. If you're able to teach something in a, in a very basic, basic way, um, those are those are the best kinds of teachers. You you mentioned that channel where it's like
2: very specific opto residents only, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, oh, it's for all op- cataract surgeon ophthalmologists, uh-huh. you know, and it's only about the nitty gritty details on how to get better at different little parts of the surgery. Mm-hmm. What went wrong in this case? What went right in this case? Definitely. Like how many subscribers did they have? So that's so it's about thirty thousand. That's a lot. But it's like... I'm pretty sure it's wow. 30,000. But it's 30,000. But I'm pretty sure that, like, for every single... Niche. Yeah. Like, every single ophthalmologist who's on YouTube probably subscribes to him. So, it's like... <laughs> yeah. Are there 30,000 ophthalmologists yeah. in this world? I don't even know. I, I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's just, like,
0: some randos. But, yeah. That's yeah. a lot of people for just I'm pretty sure.
2: Maybe... Like, let me just double check this. Yeah.
0: Well, the reason I bring that up is because it's such a cliche thing to say. But it's so true. Like the vanity metric Mm -hmm. of doing social media and content creation. Mm -hmm. People keep telling you or or people I keep hearing people say, don't worry about the subscribers. Don't worry about the followers. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's true. Like there's two reasons. So the first reason is if you're actually trying to make money and make a living Mm -hmm. doing social media and making content, then you can make a lot of money with just a thousand followers. If they're very, very specific targeted people, mm. like if that channel that you're talking about, if they just came out with some very specific product for ophthalmologists that they know how, like only ophthalmologists would know and understand, right. mm-hmm. you can charge a whole crap ton for that, and they could and they would buy it immediately. Yeah, because mm. you're you're so connected to your audience. Mm. And then that book, Kevin Kelly's Thousand True Fans, the, the basic idea is that if you have a thousand true fans who really follow you, like to the to the edge of the earth, if you just sell a product that's a hundred dollars a year and they all buy it, yeah. then you make a living right there. Yeah, just doing, just focusing on a thousand people. So that's just that's from an entrepreneurial perspective, right? But like, even if you're just creating content to be expressive and to tap into your creativity or to find some kind of passion project, mm-hmm. even having a small number of subscribers who really get you and who really know who you are and where you're coming from it's um, it's easier to connect to those people Mm. so yeah that vending metric thing always sneaks back in and makes us want to chase the numbers Mm. in the end but I've realized that it's it's not it's not about growing as big as possible even Mm. though it does feel good but you can get by with small
1: numbers well uh, that was fun Hope you all enjoy the show. All the links to everything show we talked about. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes as usual. And we will see you all next time. Maybe with Dr. John Go again.